Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Nigel Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Friday, September 8th, 2023. And we have several Cryptopian celebrities who have birthdays today. And I just want to say a happy birthday to Rick Oliphant of Chicago, Illinois. Happy birthday to Lisa Burnett of Rayford, North Carolina. Happy birthday to Lorna Thomas of the Bronx, New York. Happy birthday to Victoria Price of Princess, Mississippi. And happy birthday to Catherine Savoy of Stonecrest, Georgia. To each and every one of you, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that today, this day, September 8th, is filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness, and you deserve on your birthday. And ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to get a shout out on your birthday, please do me a favor and send me a text message to 424 424- 317-7373-424-317-7373. And as we delve into today, I told you yesterday we would be talking about Africa, right? Uh, I just know so many people that have packed up from the United States and moved to Africa uh, to be in a better place to be in a safe place and just watching some of the things that are, is happening over there in Africa. I'm really excited. Um, and I know it doesn't affect us immediately, but you know, keeping it 100, those are our ancestors and, uh, well, our ancestors came from there and that is where we have come from. And, uh, I think for me specifically, that is where I shall return and enjoy the rest of my life. And so I'm really looking forward to living on the continent of Africa. So I'm watching it very closely as are a lot of individuals that have been going back to Africa the last couple of years as we look at the year of return and that came and went and as we look at the prices, as we look at the different regions and we look at the different countries inside of the continent, it's just a beautiful place. And, you know, for so very long, we um, we had a misconception and I will say I had a misconception because I was very literate. I, you know, had a pretty good education, but I just thought for some reason that Africa was all about uh, animals and jungles and people that lived in huts and mud huts and things of that sort. And, you know, it wasn't until I actually got into my late 20s when I really understood how developed a lot of the countries are and how they were really moving and the resources that actually came from Africa. And then when you talk to people from Africa, you find out that they have been fed the same 
uh, type of media as it relates to African-Americans. And we were thought of as lazy uh, because the only television play that they got for us that were here in America was Sanford and Son. Believe it or not, I've had several Africans tell me that growing up, all they saw was Sanford and Son and good times. And they thought that is what we as Americans were doing over here. And so it's really been a good opportunity for me since my late 20s to really connect with people from Africa and really help them understand a lot about us. And so uh, in learning a lot about us, of course, I've had to learn a lot about the continent. And I started really paying attention here lately um, when a lot of Chinese nationals were going over to Africa. And at first, uh, I was fed the propaganda that they were going over to Africa and they were marrying African women because there were not a lot of uh, women over in China because of, you know, the laws that they had that you could only have two children. And if you could have two children, most families wanted men so that they could do the work and they could labor, et cetera, et cetera. So they weren't a lot of women. So they were over in Africa uh, getting wives and, and doing all the things that they needed to do in that respect. But now that I'm in the money game and I'm really understanding economics, I am seeing how they are literally buying up Africa in more ways than one and really loaning African countries uh, monies that they know that they won't be able to pay back, which means they won't make good their loans and they will have to confiscate whatever was used as collateral. And so I see that coming. The other thing that I see or I felt for years before I really understood money and how much money was and, and resources were actually being taken from Africa. I always wonder why don't the Africans just get together and kick folks out of Africa? And I just have to be 100% honest and say I am ecstatic these days when I see what's happening with the different coups. And maybe I shouldn't be. Hopefully nobody's really getting hurt or harmed in that way. But just taking back uh, some things is really good and I just really appreciate what they're doing. So today we're going to talk about the fall of the French and uh, yes, it's all about money. It has always been about money and when we come forward, we are going to talk about the fall of the French in Africa. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Nigel Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> All right. Welcome. Welcome forward. I um, wanted to just go ahead and start with a quote that I found that is directly in correlation with what we're talking about today. And it came from somebody by the name of Nathan Rothschild. And you all know the Rothschilds, right? Um, Nathan commented and said, I care not what puppet is placed on the throne of England to rule the empire on which the sun never sets. 
The man who controls the British money supply controls the British empire. And I control the British money supply. And again, that is Nathan Rothschild. And I wanted to make sure that you understand that this conclusion is simple. If you want to control a country, control its currency. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, our United States of America is following this same thing. If you want to control a country, you control its currency. And we do that quite well right now, but we're going to do it better once central bank digital currencies are in play. That being said, as we talk about the continent of Africa, I just want you to know that first, it was Niger, Niger, however you would like to say it. But first, Niger, then Gabon, the French have been asked to leave. Now, they're asking them to leave, but I think uh, I like being forced to leave a little bit better because it is time for the French to get out. But France uh, and France's colonial legacy in Africa you all know is absolutely shameful. What they have done and what they continue to do is absolutely shameful. And enough is enough is enough. And it has continued very, very strong until this present day. And as we look at a bit of history, which I love to do, the French colonialism in Africa actually began about the 17th century with the establishment of trading posts in Senegal. And it wasn't until the 19th century during the scramble for Africa that France began to actually colonize the continent actively. By the end of that century, France had controlled over a vast empire in Africa stretched from Maghreb to the Congo River. And so the French colonial policies in Africa were based on what they call assimilation. This meant that the French intended to actually transform their American African, not American, but their African subjects to become French citizens with all the same rights and responsibilities that the French would have. However, ladies and gentlemen, we know that didn't go well because the assimilation never really worked out because Africans were also just excluded from their political processes. They were denied access to education and other opportunities. Kind of like what happened here in the United States. Not kind of like what happened, but it is exactly what happened here in America. But Africans were excluded from all of these processes. And the French rule in Africa was very harsh and expensive. And they just exploited them as well as they exploited us here, our ancestors here. The French actually extracted vast wealth. And I say vast wealth from their colonies and they often forced labor. Now, again, I don't really feel like Africa is too far off what happened here in America. But I will say this. There was not 
here in America, there wasn't the type of resources that could be extracted from the earth that the French have taken advantage of. So they have gotten flat out beyond wealthy off the resources that are there in Africa. And again, because everything around you has to do with money and wealth and things of that sort, I I just want you to really understand the wealth that was created through the French. And they've been taking advantage of Africa forever. This led to widespread poverty and suffering among the African population. Now, if you look into uh, France and how much money they have and all of those things, it really just becomes sickening when you really realize how many types of resources they've taken. Um, they've taken from the uh, African continent and not to mention the lives of that have been ruined by like the diamond mines where they cut off hands and feet where people can't walk or do anything of that sort to to get their own natural resources from their village um just so many different things but there were many rebellions against the french rule in africa in the past most famous uh, of these was the Algerian War of Independence, which happened about 1954, I believe, to 1962 when I was doing my research, which resulted in the withdrawal of the French from Algeria. Right. So the French got out of Algeria because of this War of Independence. The last French colony in Africa Um, Niger gained independence in 1960. However, the economic military cooperation um, that you will talk a little bit more about, some might call it coercion. France has maintained close ties to many of its former colonies. And so from 1900s until Niger's independence, the Colonial Act was actually in effect. It was sufficient. It was a source of resentment amongst Africans for a while. So this has been brewing, ladies and gentlemen. It was seen as a way for France to exploit its colonies legally and they do a lot of stuff of course under the French rule which makes what they're doing legal and so here are the colonies and what the obligations have been under the colonial acts in some details about them and I'm going to just give you a little bit of it because I not only want you to hear about what the French are doing in Africa but I want you to subtly understand the differences of what we face here in the United States and when you kind of compare some of them not all of them are pretty close to what we've experienced here and continue to experience today. It may look a little bit different. They may call it a little bit different. They may package it a little bit different, but it just seems like the exact same things. But uh, the Africans are in African countries are paying taxes to the 
to France. African countries were required to pay taxes to France. Even though they didn't even have representation in the French government, these taxes were used to actually fund the French colonial administration and military. Now, I'm just going to say this. Uh, For those of you that vote, and I vote, I just really feel like um, we do a lot of paying of taxes, but we really don't have proper representation in our government. And so, uh, and our taxes are used to fund other community stuff, and I see other communities get acts passed and uh there's just so many things that are happening that uh get awarded to other individuals and things that we've been fighting for for years just continue to stay the same i'm just saying they also uh provided forced labor to france african countries were required to provide forced labor to France, typically for public works projects. This labor was actually unpaid or poorly paid, leading to widespread exploitation and abuse. So let's just kind of tweak that a little bit. We have the largest prison industry complex in the world with forced labor, typically Public works. So for those of you that don't know and don't really understand prison industry authority, it is absolutely a thing. It is absolutely a company. They absolutely do produce some of the milk that some of you drink. They absolutely do manufacture the eyeglasses that some of you wear. And you don't know this, but you got to look up PIA, Prison Industry Authority, to find this out. But not only are most of the laborers unpaid, they're poorly paid. And I recall a 21 cent an hour wage being something that was taunted as the greatest thing since sliced bread, 21 cent an hour. And I'm not talking about back in 1822. I'm talking about in 2023, folks are paying, getting paid. 21 cent an hour is good. Uh, the biggest pay that we could find in the prison industry authority was a dollar an hour. And that's the men and women that put their lives on the line to be the front line of the fires that you see going across the state of California. The people who actually are on the front line of those fires, ladies and gentlemen, are incarcerated individuals. Unfortunately, the majority of them are black and brown, and so they are poorly paid, leading to widespread exploitation and abuse. And it's the same thing. So as we look at exporting these raw materials to France, and we talked about that just a little bit earlier, but African countries actually were required, not uh, requested, uh, they were required to ship their raw materials to France at prices often set by the French government. When was the last time you bought something and told somebody what you were going to pay for it? That is absolutely crazy. This meant that the African countries all across Africa did not 
did not benefit from the total value of their natural resources. It all went to France. Importing French goods, African countries were required to import French goods, even if these goods were more expensive than the goods from other countries. And I was always wondering why my friends that had moved over to Africa kept saying we cannot find the good stuff that we have in America, like for beds, I'm talking about mattresses. And the reason why we're having this conversation is because we bought property over there and we're going to build it. We're starting to build communities, expat communities, and we want to send goods over there. But they were saying they couldn't find these goods. And it wasn't until I really started following the money that I realized that the French are not allowing imports from other countries to come in because the African population have to buy from them. So this helped to protect the French businesses and ensure that France always maintained control over the African economy. Very interesting. Using the French franc as their currency. Um, Africans in these countries actually were required to use the French franc as their currency this made it difficult for them to control their own economies and made them more reliant on france and i'm not going to say more reliant on france i'm going to say all the way reliant on france because once you take a deep look at the franc and the the currency that they actually created it is really something to see how they just took over and just made the African population uh, utilize their franc. They uh, had to send their children to French schools. African children were actually required to attend French schools. They were taught French and they were taught French culture and French values point blank period. This was seen as their way to assimilate Africans into French society and make them more loyal to France. And so um, that's one of the things. And last but not least, uh, the adults adopting French culture and values. African countries were encouraged. They weren't forced, but absolutely they were in my book. And this was seen to make them more civilized and more compatible with France. And when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue this conversation. This is ahead of the crypto curve, even though we're talking about Africa on KBLA Talk 1580. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. Let's just jump in really quickly to making sure that you understand kind of the parallel that we're dealing with right now. Um, No monetary policy for you, ladies and gentlemen, just like there is no monetary policy for those in Africa under the French rule. If you want to really understand this, I am sharing with you right now how deep this can get and how this can actually look if and when central bank digital currencies come into play. And so when we look at this uh, franc that was created in 1945 during the French colonial period um, to tie the 
economies of these countries into the French franc. It actually st still exists today and is pegged to the euro at a fixed rate of one euro. Um, what this means is that the value of these francs will is is always the same as the value of the euro regardless of what happens in the global economy now let me just make this digital revolution uh I, i'm gonna i'm gonna call it i'm let me just make sure that you understand R hear me out the francs in africa they actually are the same as the value of the euro, regardless of what happens in the global economy. When this central bank digital currency hits the actual market, regardless of what happens in the global economy, they, they're going to find the value. And it's not going to be, in my opinion, based on the dollar. It's going to be based on whatever they say it's worth. And so we, we're going to find ourselves in the same type of situation. And so let's just take a look at historically what has happened over in Africa and uh, what it actually means or could look like for us if we are not self-sovereign, if we don't have control of our own money. And by extension, these African countries actually have no control over their country whatsoever. But if you don't control your currency, you don't control your country. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't control your currency, you don't control your country. And on a micro level, if you don't control your currency, you don't control your household. And so if you don't believe that it could be on the micro, just like it could be on the macro, you need to look at Germany, you need to look at France. You need to look at Italy, Spain, or any other member of the Euroland. They have always uh, been dictated by the money control and the currency. With West African Economic and Monetary Union, and that acronym is WAEMU, and the Central African Economic and Monetary Community, they uh, manage the CFA franc, and these organizations are responsible for setting the exchange rate and ensuring that the, the country's uh, currency is stable. The CFA franc has been criticized for constraining African development in several ways. The central bank digital currency, ladies and gentlemen, will be criticized for constraining American development in several ways. But looking at their situation, first, the peg to the euro makes it I hate to say this, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to say a curse word. I want to, but it makes it darn near impossible for African countries to devalue their their currencies in times of economic crisis because they don't control it. So Africans can't do anything about devaluing the currency that they use because they don't control it. And that is what's going to happen to us here down the line. This makes it more difficult for Africans to export goods and services and to attract foreign investments because they don't control their money. Second, 
The franc is not freely convertible and cannot be freely traded on the open market. Well, hint, hint, ladies and gentlemen, the central bank digital currency will not be freely convertible and will not be freely traded on the open market because you can only spend it or utilize it where the government says you can. So if they don't like what I'm saying, you cannot pay me. You can't buy goods and services from me. My wallet is closed to you. This makes it absolutely difficult for anybody to do business and operate um, in the future internationally or get a credit line. Just think if you had a, a supplier that wanted to buy something, uh, not supplier, maybe somebody that was a client that wanted to buy some of your goods and services from Russia. If the central bank digital currency is in place, you will not be sending that CBDC, that U.S. digital dollar. You will not be sending it to that client in in Russia because they're not going to have it. Third, the French government actually manages the CFA franc, not those African countries. And so uh, as we get this central bank digital currency in these states, Uh, It's going to be very interesting how it rolls out, but it is going to give them control over the economies, just like it's giving France control over their economies. The control prevents the countries from developing their economies independently and having a central bank digital currency in our pocket will definitely prevent us from developing our economies in our communities individually and independently so as you well know ladies and gentlemen money is essential and i beg to differ when i hear people say money is not everything always talking about money can't do anything without equating it to money money is i say that money is everything and money is everything because it gives you options and options are what you're going to need in the times coming forward because it is a medium Money is a medium of exchange. Money can be anything that someone is willing to trade with you for goods and services, period. Anything. A red, uh, a red cup. What are those cups called? Those red cups. If we use red cups as a currency in our communities, we'd be making a whole lot of money these days. But money can be anything that someone is willing to trade with you for goods and services. But when your government controls your money, it's bad enough. But when foreigners control your money, you are not free. And it's that simple. And right now on a bunch of different levels, ladies and gentlemen, we're not owning our controlling our money and a lot of foreigners are definitely having their hand in the pot controlling our money uh and when i say that they're controlling our money some of you may even be renting homes from them right now and not understand that they're either over in china or canada because they've got their hands in our inner cities and they're owning everything and so it is that simple you are not free if you do not control your money and so in order for us to get free and do the things that we need to do we have to control our own money we cannot continue doing the same things day in day out expecting different 
different results. That is that definition that everybody always talks about of insanity. It's just absolutely insane to sit here today in this day and age and think that you're going to continue to go to work, continue to save in your 401k, continue to save in your stocks, continue, 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 and nothing is going to change about that one aspect of your life, but everything else is changing. When you pull up to the gas tank, the price of gas darn sure did change. In fact, uh, when we pulled up, it was well over $5.90. It's changing, ladies and gentlemen, picking up those eggs off the shelf. The price is changing. Everything around you is changing. You can't get a whole outfit for kids for school under $19. It's just not happening. Times are changing. You can't even find a good pair of tennis shoes. And for those of you on the East Coast, a good pair of sneakers for under $100. Well, maybe you can. But my kids think Skechers have some sort of leprosy or something. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, the, the, the surprise is that there is a revolution going on in Africa and you need to be having a quiet revolution going on in your household as it relates to America, because I'm going to whisper and tell you something. Other communities are really having a revolution going on with America in their communities and their household and they're not allowing America to dictate what happens to them over the next five to ten years and maybe you should join suit because I wonder how it's going to look in the very near future and so I think It shouldn't take you long to get started, but you need to start figuring some things out. When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Gentlemen, we want to really get deep today because there's another scam upon us. And I've had a couple of calls this morning about people that want to invest. So I got to make sure that my community is safe. So let me go through the market report really quickly, and then we will jump into the fakeness of it all. Um, So we have Bitcoin right now trading at 25,891. It is up in the last hour, 0.13%. In the last 24 hours, it's down 0.16%. And in the last seven days, it is down. Oh, it's up. I'm sorry. It just ticked up 0.55% in the last seven days. Ethereum is trading at $1,635. And it is in the last hour, it is up 0.14%. In the last 24 hours, it is down 0.06%. And in the last seven days, it is up 0.49%. That being said, as I look at the different cryptocurrencies, most of them are doing the same thing. They're up in the last hour. In the last 24 hours, they're down. And in the last seven days, they are up. And a lot of it has to do with the SEC ruling uh, that just came down um, as it relates to, well, I guess, 
they lost to Grayscale. And so a lot of people are happy about that. And because of that news, we moved up a little bit more on the fear and greed index. We're now at 37, which is still fear. And um, we we won't probably move from that for a while until things start happening with our money. Once things start happening with our dollar and the de-dollarization and things of that sort, people are going to be flocking to get involved in the Bitcoin space again. And I don't think that this time they're going to be able to let up from it because it's just so many different losses people are taking right now. It's just really unbelievable. That being said, there is a Twitter, what's now called X. There is an X platform account that has Grayscale written on it. And it has a check mark. Now, Grayscale underscore fund fnd and they put out a a tweet i don't even know what it's called anymore i don't know if it's called tweet because it's not twitter but they put out a comment on x basically stating that we're excited to announce that the long-awaited gbt gbtc token distribution is now live now what they are hoping you believe that this is the grayscale Bitcoin token and they're saying that 25 million has been allocated for an airdrop which indicates to some folks that if you have coins you're going to get an airdrop and it also says that the distribution is based on on-chain activity and there are over 3,500 whitelisted wallets and so they're telling you to check your uh, eligibility at claim GBTC um dot com and then claim it on the site below what we want you to know what you need to know um oh well let me say this because they tell you to be the first to explore the future of grayscale your time is now again people see this people know that they just won against the sec and they want to be a part of it right and so they're rushing to give five thousand four thousand two hundred thousand twenty thousand dollars to this fund only ladies and gentlemen to be found out that it is a scam this ladies and gentlemen is not a real coin and this is not the grayscale company the grayscale company that is soliciting you to buy this purported uh coin with this 25 million dollar giveaway of a token called gbtc uh And so I want you all to be careful because they're going to be getting a lot of money from people. But ladies and gentlemen, this is fake. And in our community, we need to spread the word because you don't want anybody to lean into this and think that they are going to make a lion's share of money because this grayscale Bitcoin trust GBTC, which, um, is as a result of a recent court victory could be on its way towards um, being converted into the favorite traditional financial investment vehicle known as an ETF. And that's what people are banking on. They're banking on that particular statement and really starting to pour money into this fake fund. This is not the right fund, ladies and gentlemen. They are scammers. They are trying to make money off 
uh, you not really understanding what you should be doing. So please stay away from any grayscale ETF, any grayscale coin, anything that is coming up right now uh, that is going to give you the opportunity, even if there's a blue check mark. It is not. It is not. I repeat the real deal and you should not be buying from there. Um, and unfortunately that blue check mark is a signal that or a sign that the account was verified, but, um, we don't know if it was verified with what right information or anything like that, but you need to stay away from it. And when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. All right. Welcome forward. I wanted to give some great news for some of you that have XRP and you may not have heard, but a company called SBI out of Japan is actually expanding and utilizing Ripple for remittance. So they're going to use this in banks in Vietnam, Indonesia, and in the Philippines. That means Ripple should be worth a little bit more than it was a couple of days ago, even a couple of weeks ago, because the Chinese financial holdings company, SBI, is going to be using it for um, transactions. It's going to be uh, used to help transactions go faster and cheaper. And it's a payment service. Now, this is something that Ripple has always told people it was going to do for banks. But they were talking about banks right here in the United States. But it looks like overseas, they will be rolling out this program this month. And so for those of you holding XRP, you may just be on to some extra cash or something like that. But just pay really close attention to it and make sure that you are if you're cashing out, that you're cashing out at the right time in the right place and making sure that everything that you are actually trading, um, that you're keeping log of because you definitely will have to report it on your taxes, whether you like it or not. And um, SBI, SBI is expecting adoption to accelerate. And if it does accelerate, you can bet your bottom dollar that the price of Ripple is going to continue to go up and people are going to continue to purchase it. For those of you that got it back when it was a tenth of a penny and things of that sort, then you've got some money to play with coming up here soon. And I don't want to say play with because you need to be saving and investing whatever you make in this cryptocurrency space. I've seen so many people in this cryptocurrency space get flat out wealthy from holding their cryptocurrency. And I've seen people just absolutely spend everything that they had because they felt like it was going to come again. And we just have to be careful with that, especially in these day and times. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you as always for rocking with me here on a head of the crypto curve. We are making way for the DL Hughley show next week. I have a big announcement and I cannot wait to share the next chapter, the next level of what will be going on with myself as well as ahead of the crypto curve. But we are going to announce that next week. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you are the best part of ahead of the crypto curve. Thank you for rocking with 
with me here on KBLA. I am going to continue to ask you all to emulate me dollar cost average because uh, a DCA a day keeps poverty away. Ladies and gentlemen, we are creating Satoshi millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you.